0: A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member
0: FDIC. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 267, The Power of Eating Without Fear with Taylor Chan. Do you remember the French movie, and I'm going to butcher this, chocolat <laughs> I don't know it's french you guys from the late 90s it's basically my dream movie it's chocolate it's romance it's a small french town magic right and when i was first introduced to intuitive eating i read the book and one of the writers and you know dietitians the founder of intuitive eating told about how she watched the movie with chocolate in hand and how eating shared in the joy of her experience with the movie when I read that, it just felt so foreign to me. I I couldn't quite wrap my head around it. Now, I have grown a lot in my relationship with food and how fear is more far removed from it. Now, I will say, and I know that you know this, I'm not perfect. And I'm not always a super joyful eater. But I can honestly say that food is an important and even a fun part of my life now. And I'm still a work in progress, but it is possible for us to eat without fear. And I can tell you that because I have gotten to that place too, where it's not constantly in the driver's seat. Today's guest is someone I truly admire. Her name is Taylor Chan. She's an incredible dietitian, and she's also a personal trainer and I would say an artist. I think she needs to put that in her description of who she is. She helps people undo the diet culture and food fear that so many of us face through her power-packed illustrations and teachings she does on her Instagram handle, food and fearless. And you really, I'm just going to tell you, you got to go check it out. And then you will know why I asked her to be on the show. She is an extension of our talk last week with Christy Joy on how to find joy with exercise. And today we are going to talk about how you can eat without fear. And eventually, how you can eat with joy. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packard, and I don't want you to just listen to this show, I want it to change you. This community of progressors empowers women to take on radical growth via sustainable changes. Are you motivated and ready to grow in your identity, purpose, and productivity? You can when you remember that life is about progress, not perfection. All right, friends, I've been telling you about the new membership site, the Strive Tribe, for the last month plus, and the doors are going to be closing June 15th to enroll as a founding member. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a sneak peek on something that I'm working on for the Strive Tribe. One of these things is a monthly class with a special guest expert on topics that are going to really help us move the needle forward in our life. So things like how to manage our time better, um, how to to meditate, mindful eating. Um, I'm even thinking about having someone on to teach us like an exercise routine all for fun. Now, this is where you will find your community of like-minded women, women who are ready to take action and to strive for daily progress in their lives. We will have weekly chats, bi-weekly coaching calls, exclusive access to our progress plan, and I'll coach you through it as well, so you actually do it. This is your place to go and do something from what you learn on the show. Oh, and I can't forget our monthly Grow Yourself book club. There's so much coming for this group. And it really is going to be my number one priority um, behind the podcast here and is the future of About Progress. I would love to have you join as a founding member, which means your prices never, ever, ever go up. And the doors again are closing June 15th. So go to aboutprogress.com slash membership to sign up for the Strive Tribe.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Taylor. I am a registered dietitian and personal trainer based out of Baltimore, Maryland. And my focus is really on helping people find a positive relationship with food, with fitness, and with their bodies.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, when I'm listening to that, I, I know what's possible, but I think a lot of people might be hearing that and just think, wait, is it, is it possible to have a positive relationship with both food and exercise? I mean, what do you say to that?
1: I would say that, yes, it is possible. Um, I mean, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's certainly not something that's happened overnight for me, and it's still an ongoing journey for me, really. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that there are steps that we can take in order to help really strengthen our relationship with our bodies, with food and with fitness in a society that's so ridden with diet culture.
0: Mm hmm you know, I'm not glad that you've, you know, had to go through work on this, but it also is helpful to hear that you weren't born this way necessarily, that this hasn't come easy for you either. Um, So before we kind of dive into our discussion more on how to build a more positive relationship with eating and food, talk to me uh, about your history a little bit about how this is a journey for you and uh, where you've come from.
1: Sure. So I actually started off with a pretty positive relationship with food growing up Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't until college that I started to absorb some of the diet rules from other people. Um, I remember so vividly my freshman year of college I was living in the dorm and it was just a group of us from the floor just sitting around and there was a girl there who was just bragging about how she only had one bowl of cereal that day Mm -hmm. And how she was so good for only having one bowl of cereal. And then the rest of the girls were all praising her and saying, oh, my gosh, yeah, I wish I had that willpower. I wish I could be like you. Mm -hmm. And that was really the first time where it was like, oh, my gosh, like, maybe I should get in on this too. Maybe this is something that I should be doing. Mm -hmm. And then with that, and I was in uh, nutrition classes, learning about all things nutrition, which a lot of that is a lot of different food rules, you know? Yeah. Um, You have to eat brown rice instead of white rice, whole wheat instead of white bread. Um, You have to have a serving of fruits and vegetables at every meal. These were all things that I was starting to absorb and take on for myself as food rules. And so... During college, I really got sucked into that thinking of oh, in order to be quote unquote healthy and eat well, I need to follow all of these rules to a T to make sure that I'm being the healthiest possible, that I'm going to be the best dietitian possible. And that at that time too, I had become a personal trainer. I was working with people on campus, um, and so it was just really trying to. I guess, sort out my relationship with food at that point, recognizing that this is different from what I was doing whenever I was growing up, um, and trying to figure out what's the balance between being, or I guess, what's the balance between following nutrition guidelines and still being able to enjoy food and really not be afraid of food.
0: Well, that's what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about how to balance those two things, how it doesn't need to be an either, or, you know, eating what you want and enjoying it, or not enjoying food and living with fear and only being healthy. They don't need to be mutually exclusive. And, you know, so many women, like you said, they've absorbed these health rules, um, these diet rules about what's good and bad and they widely look at food and eating with with fear they they don't trust themselves you know they cross off whole categories and they second guess around cues and fullness and i really get the sense that and i understand this well i've lived this so the fear of focusing on enjoyment when you say you can enjoy f- food they fear that so why do you think that fear is so implanted in women in particular fear of enjoyment of food
1: Yeah, well, there's so much I could say on this, but I guess starting off with women in particular, there is so much emphasis placed on the way women look. And a lot of that is tied to oh, in order to look a certain way, you have to eat a certain way, you have to move a certain way. And if you don't do this, then you're going to be not socially acceptable. And then on top of that, you have All of these apps and smartwatches and all of these influencer programs say, if you just listen to us, you'll get what you want out of life, Mm -hmm. which I imagine would be looking a certain way. And that really dissolves your trust with yourself and makes you, like you said, second guess your own hunger and satiety cues. Hmm. And then with that people are really searching for a quick fix they are looking for something that's really easy that's black and white and will get them what they're looking for regardless of whether or not it actually gets them there people just like that really easy straightforward process and a lot of that is like eat this don't eat that do this don't do that and that can cause a lot of fear around food as well as a lot of confusion because those recommendations are often conflicting with each other they're conflicting with other things and what other people are saying about nutrition and so you have this whole mess of fear and confusion going around all because people are women in particular are there's so much pressure on us to look a certain way, to do a certain thing. And this is all part of diet culture.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, someone who might not have heard that phrase before, what, what do you mean by diet culture?
1: Sure. So diet culture is really just, oh my gosh, it's so hard to describe. Just like, It is, isn't it? Yeah. It really encompasses so much. And I guess before I give my what's going to be a botched up um, (laughs) definition of it, a really great book that has a lot of history about the history of diets and how we've kind of gotten to the point where we are right now is Anti-Diet by Christy Harrison. Mm, Um, So that would give you a way more in-depth look at what I'm about to say. (laughs) Um, But diet culture is... Oh, yeah, of course. Um, But... For me, I guess diet culture is this systemic issue that places emphasis on our bodies, on our health, and making that the most important part of the person. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, it's emphasizing the importance of the individual to pursue a certain body or pursue health. and then if the person doesn't pursue those things, then they're seen as morally wrong or morally lesser than someone who does.
0: I don't so think we you watched see- that at all. Okay. Like that, that was incredible. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I knew what it felt like. I knew what it looked like even diet culture, but really that is the underlying factor there. It's misplaced morality. It's not right. so much of a, am I going to look right? It's, am I going to be right? Which is also an extension of what I look and how I eat. That's very deep. It's way deeper than I even thought.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really complicated. There's a lot of nuances to it. I'm not going to pretend like I know everything to it. I mean, there's um, just like the basic, like, are you going on a diet? And then it's are you pursuing a diet for the sake of health and for, again, that feeling of superiority? Mm -hmm. And then there's all this weight stigma and the fear of weight gain or fat phobia that's wrapped into all of this too. So it really is super, super complex, but that's just like the bare bones of it.
0: Definitely. And it seems like it's it's everywhere. It's it's it, it's in the literature it's in the magazine it's in the way that we talk to each other um the way we praise each other or other people around us it's it's a constant conversation alone um but it's you know pushed to us by advertising and by influencers like you talked about that are often also like you said so competing and conflicting and a lot of us have like you said learned to distrust ourselves so deeply so let's paint the contrast here though what does it look like to eat with joy instead of fear? What does it look like to push against diet culture and ways that can encompass both nourishment and wholeness and, you know, happiness and, uh, you know, being present with what you're eating and doing instead of being so, uh, sucked into the confusion. Yeah, that's
1: a great question. (laughs) Um, so I guess, like I said, Being able, if you are in a place of fear around food and like being comfortable with that regimen, getting out of that doesn't just happen overnight as you might see with how people talk about it on social media. It doesn't happen overnight. For me, it's been a process of several, several years and I'm still learning every single day. But I think the first part of it is really taking a look at... Your feelings around food. So, what type of food roles do you currently hold, and how can we begin to challenge them? Mm-hmm. So, some places that people might start are um, are you afraid of processed foods? Um, things like carbs, or dairy, or sugar are big ones. Um, or then on the opposite of them, that is like making sure that you have a whole grain, or making sure that you have a fruit and vegetable at every meal. Those are just some examples of those food rules, and so just being able to bring awareness and acknowledgement to them, and then finding which one seems the easiest to challenge first. Mm-hmm. So whether that be, oh, I'm going to have a cookie today, and then see what happens, and most likely what you'll find is that that cookie tastes really great and nothing happens. That's that off of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But being able to tackle whichever food rule seems easiest first, and then being able to tackle more and more after that. And really what eating with joy or being able to enjoy your food really looks like is not having that guilt or anxiety before a meal. Mm-hmm. And then not having that guilt and anxiety after a meal, too,
0: mm-hmm. how can we really remove that? I mean, um, I'm just thinking sometimes yeah. like when i'm when I'm told and i and i and I agree with you, like this is a, a good step. I like to know more of the how to. So how can I remove that guilt if it's so entrenched? Is it taking a deep breath? Is it speaking out loud? like in the beginning, it's going to be more of an intensive process, obviously. but what can they do to help detach that guilt?
1: Yeah, so one of the things that I really like to think about is how else does food support us in our lives as a whole rather than just the physical aspect? Because normally when you think of food, when you think of nutrition, it's all about what's the calories, what's the amount of fat, the amount of sugar in it. And that really medicalizes food and makes it like, makes it, I guess, makes it like, oh, like, what, what you put in is what you get out of it kind of thing. And it just really strips away a lot of the value I think that food can bring. So being able to take a food and say like, like, okay, like how does this support me in my overall life? Because, you know, food supports us in, it's a huge part of our social lives. Whenever we go out to eat, we're going out to eat with other people and food brings people together, which I think is really great. And it's also a huge part of holidays and, like, our culture. And it's something that can support us mentally. Like, you know, food makes us happy, and it's okay to, to be happy around food. So I think really just taking the focus or shifting the focus away from the physical aspect of food and focusing on some of those other parts of our health and how food supports us there can really help to begin to detract
0: away from some of that guilt. Mm -hmm. So valuing it, I I think it also, um, endears some gratitude, you know, which I think is a big step before enjoyment. Even if you're so terrified to enjoy, start with gratitude. Yeah, of course. Okay. What else, what else can they do to help move towards the sense of enjoyment?
1: Yeah. Um, so something else that they can do is really just taking the time to slow down the eating experience and focusing on the sensations around food. Mm-hmm. Um, so, normally, like, I know I'm guilty of this, like, I'll sit down, have a meal, I'll have the TV on in the background, I'll have my phone on, and I'll be scrolling through it as I'm eating. And that really takes us away from the overall eating experience. So being able to tune into what we're eating. So what does it taste like? What's the texture? What does it smell like? Um, what, what temperature is it at? All these things and really just focusing on to the sensations that food brings and just noticing the food that we're eating can help bring um, more appreciation around food.
0: It's interesting to me that so much of the confusion also kind of breeds this detachment from it, too, in a weird way. And I love that this is one of your steps is to connect more, to really connect the values. yeah, but even the the physical sensations to not be so detached even physically can be really healing. And it's scary for a lot of people, though. i, I I'm thinking back. I have my own, you know, lifelong history up until 20 of really disordered eating, which turned into eating disorders. So this has been also, like you said, this is a a journey to go through. It's been 13, 14 years of work for me, but I know it's possible, but I also remember the fear of not trusting myself, of being detached, of being scared. So how can we support those women who are feeling those things right now? What can we tell them about how it's worth it? To go through this, what's on the other side, basically, of this of this journey, and, and continual work that we'll con- you know keep doing, but what's on the other side?
1: The other side, I would say, is a lot of time back, in that you're not constantly looking at food labels, you're not constantly looking at menus before you go to eat with people to make sure that there's something safe for you to eat. And with that comes a lot less stress, too, and a lot more energy to be able to devote to other things that you really enjoy and are passionate about and want to spend your time on, like other hobbies and all sorts of other things. So I'd really say that it's a lot more time and mental space that becomes available when you're not so focused on the ins and outs of what you're eating and trying to keep track of all your food rules and whether or not your food rules are working, whatever working looks like for you, um, but yeah, a lot more time and energy, and sometimes even money too, if you're spending a lot of time buying certain products because you think that they'll do a certain thing for you. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it also builds, you know, that trust that we talked about um, in yourself and more of that connection to yourself, but also to others. I mean, when I was in my head so much before and in that fearful place about food, I really didn't have a lot of mental space for people. I was so focused on other things.
1: Yeah. That makes so much sense because it's like, even like kind of with that example of going out to a restaurant, you're going to spend time with people who you really love and enjoy having their company but you're so focused on, let's say, how many calories your food has or whether or not you'll be able to find a safe food at the restaurant. And that really takes away from that social and emotional connection you can have to a person.
0: Yeah. And I'm, and, you know, I'm thinking of one other kind of benefit too, because we're kind of thinking about like, what can, you, what will you gain when you let go of the fear? For me, another thing I gain is I can move on. Like I don't have to obsess all day. I can when I'm I can enjoy a meal, and move on. Like you talked about, the guilt after a meal is just as important as worrying about the guilt before and in between. Uh, I wondered, were there any other tips that you had? The one other
1: tip I would say is really showing yourself kindness and compassion as you work through this, yeah. um, because mm-hmm. as I said earlier, you know things aren't going to go perfectly. You're not always going to know the right or wrong answer because there really is no right or wrong answer. You know, you change every day, your mind will change every day, sometimes multiple times within the day. And you know, that's okay. It's part mm-hmm. of life. There's a lot of nuance here. And you just gotta mm-hmm. take it and roll with it.
0: And that's where I think a lot of people feel that fear come in too, is the nuance. The nuance is scary for a lot of people um, without those roles where they feel safe. Um, So let's speak to that a little bit. How is there still, I think, more freedom in the nuance and um, wholeness even? I love that. Yeah. And I think it's so true,
1: you know, with the nuance, it can feel a little bit scary because you are just floating around in the unknown, so to speak. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but that also gives you a lot more flexibility with what you can do, because I feel like with dieting, there's so much rigidity there that you feel comfortable in that. So in order to get out of that, you do have to be uncomfortable being in this space that's just really messy and um, where you don't have any rules. Mm-hmm. And I think that it takes a lot for people to be able to look past all of that and be able to again tune back into their bodies and what their bodies are saying you know am I hungry or am I full Um, but then also I guess the nuance of that too is you know I'm not hungry right now but I need to have a snack right now because I know I'll be hungry later but won't have access to food then Mm -hmm. so just things like that with really getting to know yourself a little bit better that I think can definitely be scary um, but as we said, can bring you a lot of peace and that wholeness that you were talking about too.
0: Exactly. So I'm also thinking about the social media component here. What I love mm-hmm. so much about the work that you do is you model what this looks like. Um, people people need to go check you out. So let's first just say, where where's the social feed on Instagram where they need to go
1: yeah. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at food and fearless. Um, or if you don't have Instagram, I'm also on Facebook, same thing, food and fearless. I don't think there's any spaces there.
0: Great. Uh, and I love that title alone, but what I love so much about what you do, it's like, if you can think of like the coolest hand lettering artists combined with art combined with science and education and nutrition and wholeness in one feed, it's there for you. Um, and what I love, a so much is how you model what it looks like to push against the rules and lean more into the intuitive wholeness and joy. So perhaps that's what people also need to take into account here is who are you following? What rules are they stating? And what can you do to clean up your feed to better match what you are seeking?
1: Yeah, 100%. Well, thank you, first of all, for all of your kind words. I really appreciate that feedback. That means a lot. It. Oh, Thank you. Um, but yeah, I think that who you follow can make a huge difference on how you feel. You know, social media has such an impact on how we feel, how we view ourselves, and how we view the world around us. First of all, just unfollowing anyone that makes you feel Bad about yourself. I think it really could be just as simple as that. You know, someone posts something that doesn't drive well with you, that makes you take a turn on yourself and make you view yourself in a negative way. Then you don't need to have that account to follow and like to be a reminder of that. Hmm. Um, but from a nutrition standpoint, some things that you can do are first of all looking at who's providing the nutrition information. So does this person have any credibility? So are they a registered dietitian? Are they a doctor? Um, or are they just some self-proclaimed nutrition expert? Mm -hmm. And then another thing that I really like to look for is, are they selling you something? Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of times we'll see people selling programs, selling, um, different supplements or products or advertisements. And while that's not an indicator that this person is out to get you, um, it's just something to be aware of as we're critically consuming social media. As you're scrolling through your social media, looking to clean it up a little bit, um, something else that you can look at um, in terms of nutrition is how people are talking about food and nutrition. So are they using a lot of fear-mongering language? Are they using really big complex words that are there to confuse you? Do they talk about food as um, a right way or a wrong way to eat, good foods or bad foods? These again are all red
0: flags um, for the people that you might look to unfollow. Um, you brought up, you know, nutrition piece, um, and and yeah, that's actually something that is important to me. I I love food at this point in my life, and I also love nutrition. And I don't think those need to be um on other sides of the court. Um, so how are you able to you know have nutrition still come into play here with this enjoyment relationship with food too?
1: Yeah, I for me, I actually became a dietitian because I love food, and the thought of being able to talk about food and how much I love food. Was really appealing to me, and that's why I decided to become a dietitian in the first place. Um, that's so great, but I guess, <laughs> yeah. I guess nutrition for me again is really more than just the physical aspect of nutrition. It's so much more than just the nutrients that are in food. It's about nourishing our lives
0: with food too. Okay, what does that look like? I'm like, Amen, sister. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so that looks like, again, going back to like the social cultural aspects of food. What types of food um, did you eat growing up? What type of foods are are nostalgic and remind you of your family? What kind of foods do you have um, around holidays or birthday parties, potluck parties? What foods bring you comfort? Um, being able to enjoy those foods and accept those foods for what they bring for you at an emotional level
0: hmm. and it's okay like that 's part of that 's part of its purpose here for us i I think um and I love that you model that again for us um Taylor, I want to circle back to one more thing. Um, you spoke in the beginning about how growing up, you didn't have as much of this negative, you know, rules based relationship with food, and I I'd just like to speak to the parents who are maybe listening and curious about what what can they do to create that culture within their own homes um, to promote a healthy and joyful relationship with food and nutrition.
1: Oh yeah, I get asked this question a lot, and it's really tough because I'm not a parent, and I don't know how hard it is to be a parent. Um, So take this with a grain of salt, I guess, but children are all born with a sense to eat intuitively. Mm -hmm. You know, with a baby, they'll cry when they're hungry and they'll stop eating whenever they're full. Mm -hmm. And that's that intuitive eating that they are born with. So as a parent, being able to foster and allow space for that intuitive eating Mm -hmm. as much as possible so with like feeding kids you normally think of like oh you have to finish your plate um you have to sit there until you finish Mm -hmm. eating this or rewarding with certain foods Mm -hmm. um but really giving a rewarding or punishing right yes rewarding or punishing um but I guess again not a parent but a lot of patience around eating experiences, trying to Mm -hmm. make them as stress-free as possible. So then that way you're giving your child their time to be able to explore through food and tune into their own hunger, fullness angels. Exactly.
0: No. And I, I do, I want you to know you, you can speak to this. I mean, if you lived in an environment that fostered those things and gave you the space, I mean, you've lived it, but you also have the information behind us. You know, I took a nutrition co- class in college because I was interested in it. And it's funny how much has changed even since that nutrition class and the food rules that were taught then that aren't applying now, you know, like, um, Even then, like margarine they said was better than butter, you know, stuff like that that has already (laughs) shifted. Um, But the one thing I really took away was reading those studies on how to heal kids' relationships with food, even those who, um, you know, obese children and how helping them learn how to eat intuitively and with joy Healed them in more ways than one, both physically and and emotionally and mentally too. And I really took that away from it. And it's what's you just said here. And I think the primary focus that you've implanted in me and reminded me of with parents is that patience and that space to you know you'll figure it out together and with time. But it's just that patience and that and that space that we all need. And to do that for ourselves. And I think that's what we'll just end with. Is you know why can't we do that for ourselves? give ourselves this space and patience to build this relationship again with food, to get back to how we used to be more naturally as a child and to find that again and how healing that can be in some really beautiful ways. Um, Taylor, if, if someone wants to learn more, um, I don't know if if they can work with you or if you have programs or, or courses, but tell, tell us what they can do to better learn from you.
1: Yeah, so I primarily just share free content on Instagram. That's what I do.
0: Um, That's phenomenal.
1: (laughs) Thank you. That's so good. I do, if you see something on Instagram that you do like, I do have the opportunity to be able to purchase prints of some of the things that you see on there. And a lot of people like to use these with clients or just to hang up in their office as a reminder. I love Um, that. And then I do see clients as well. So if you are interested in working with me, that opportunity is available as well.
0: I love that. I, I, I thank you for the courageous work you do. It must be equal parts wonderful and tough to be in your field and to um, feel this way and to navigate it this way and teach it. And I, and I hope that's more of a culture-wide thing for you, even within your field. But Taylor, you're phenomenal. You're wonderful at what you do. And I just want to thank you for all the good you are putting out there in the world and how much you've reinforced how important it is to have this uh, relationship with food. So thank you so much for spending time with us today.
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Monica, for having me.
0: I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow. I'm now going to share our progress pointers, and these are all designed to help you take what you learned from the show and then go do something about it. So let's go through these. Number one, we learn to distrust ourselves and pick quick fixes. Two, healing our eating relationship is not an overnight process. Three, start with self-compassion and kindness. Four, take a look at the food rules you hold and your feelings attached to them. Five, ask how you can challenge them, starting with the easiest one. Six, detach guilt pre, during, and post eating. Seven, gratitude to food is key. What support can it give you? Eight, slow down the eating experience and pay attention to the sensations. Tune in. Nine, what will you gain when you let go? of fear with food. Ten, nuance is okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable in this space and learning this new relationship. Tune into your body. Finally, 11, considering kids. Nutrition is about nourishment for our lives, not just about nutrients. Parents foster intuitive, joyful eating when they create a patient space for eating. I just want to say another big thanks to Taylor for making this episode happen. The first time we were set to record, they had a big tornado warning where she lives. So I was so grateful that we she was okay and we got to uh, record with her a little bit later. Um, be sure to check out our show notes and there you'll find links to anything that we've mentioned in the show today and to connect with Taylor as well. Now, next week, we are going to have our Dear Progressor episode. And I know it's mid-month, but that's because our theme, Be Healthy, was longer than just a month-long theme. It's a month and a half. I would love to hear from you. This podcast is not just about experts and people who are having businesses behind what they do. It's about you. And I want you to step up to the plate and share your voice. You can just record a voice memo on your phone and email it to me at hello at aboutprogress.com Or you can leave me a voicemail and I have a number for you to call with like a voice message, uh, you know, program. I don't even know what I'm saying right here, but a voicemail attached to it. And you can find that by going to aboutprogress.com slash be on the show. I would love to hear so many of you and what your thoughts are on our theme this month, be healthy. It's been a joy for me to share so much the last month and a half on topics that are near and dear. And we have just one more coming for you, um, before we do do the dear precursor episode. And I can't wait to share that one with you as well. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for supporting me and supporting my family too, by an extension. And I just want you to know that it means so much to me that you are here and listening and that you share the show as well. I will see you next time. Remember that life is about progress, not perfection.